Time for us to check in with Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. So lots going on. So we finally heard yeah. from John Horgan after a couple of weeks yesterday. We sure did. So the election result is now official. So Premier uh, John Horgan taking some questions yesterday, also speaking about the strength of his government. So uh, clearly a decisive victory for the NDP in the election, 57 seats. The Liberals reduced to 28, uh, the Greens with two. And around timing, I think a lot of people will be curious about when the legislature will return and when people will get the money that was promised to them during the election campaign in terms of up yeah. to $1,000 in a direct deposit for those who make the least. And uh, Horgan saying he's working on it. The goal is to have the legislature back in December before that MLAs need to be sworn in and the cabinet needs to sw- be sworn in. And there are some concerns around the logistics of all of that, considering uh, the increased spread of COVID-19 and whether all of the logistics are possible to get what would in essence be a hybrid virtual parliament back for December. And the first order would be to get that $1,000 credit before the legislature, get it voted upon. And there's optimism that if it is voted upon in December, it can be distributed to British Columbians before the end of the year, if not in early January. If it can't, be passed this year, then the next uh, time frame would be the legislative session in February, uh, which the budget would be a part of, which would be disappointing to a lot of people who, especially now with increased measures that will likely lead to some more job losses, there are people who are desperate for that cash heading into Christmas time. Right. Okay. So does it sound likely then that this is their plan, that this is what they want to do? So it's for sure what they want to do. It, it just all comes down to COVID. And I know there's a lot of people behind the scenes and me trying to figure out how to make this possible. Can they get 87 MLAs sworn in and a cabinet sworn in uh, in the midst of huge increases in cases? You know, does that include, you know, having some of those swearing ins take place potentially uh on the mainland and not have MLAs come over and do it in the legislature. Yeah. You know, how can it be done in the legislature with physical distancing? How can a cabinet be sworn in where you'll have 20 plus people in the same room as well as, you know, a camera and some journalists that want to be there? Like, how can you do all of these things? And once they figure out those logistics, they can figure out whether there's enough time to get the session up and running in December. They know they can do a legislative session. They've shown they can do that in the summer. But again, COVID was in our community in the summer, but cases were far lower than they are now. So all of those things are being grappled with. Uh, when uh, Keith Baldry, our colleague uh, from Global, pressed John Horgan about, can you guarantee the money will be in people's hands? Horgan said, no, I, I can't guarantee that. I am working my best mm. to do it. So. Uh, that would be disappointing to a lot of people if uh, Horgan and the NDP can't fulfill that commitment before Christmas time. No kidding. Yeah, you're right. They will be counting on that money. So there was a lot of explaining yesterday, I think, on the part yeah. of anybody like John Horgan, Adrian Dix, Dr. Bonnie Henry. There just seems to be a lot of frustration with these new restrictions. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration and, and there's still confusion. I, I think most people have been doing the right thing and are frustrated that they have been caught up in uh, a situation where people have been doing the wrong thing. Like, for example, people have set up their backyards in a way that they can physically distance and still gather with friends, you know, ensure that people are more than six feet away, uh, have outdoor heaters, have uh, entryways where people don't cross paths. Well, 
all of that is off the table right now. In Metro Vancouver, you cannot have a gathering at your home, indoors or outdoors, during this ban period. So that was one important part of reference. The other one where there's a lot of confusion is at restaurants. And Ian Tostenson, in charge of the Restaurant Association, is doing his best to advocate for the industry while also communicating to the public and is making it sound like everything is as it was, everything is what it was before, everything is not what it was before. The only people you can eat at at a restaurant with is are the people in your household. So it's those members of your family who live in your household. If you live in a big household with lots and lots of people, you can't yeah. all go to the restaurant. It needs to be two or three people that you go, and it needs to be the same two or three people during the two-week period. Right. The big question mark is what happens if you're single and you don't have, live with people in your household? Well, you pick one or two other people, and they pick you, and you act quote-unquote, as a family or as, quote-unquote, a household for the next two weeks. You can dine with them. Those are the only people you can go to a restaurant with. And that, I think, is one of those things that can't be explained enough for people who have been enjoying that as part of this COVID experience. There are restrictions on who you can go with. I think you just hit the nail on the head, though, Richard. I think there are too many of us who were enjoying ourselves perhaps thinking that we were following the rules when clearly we were no, we were pushing them, right? Like yeah, a lot of people think they were being good, but clearly not enough of us actually were. And you could tell that when you went out on the street and saw what was happening. Yeah, and I think uh, most people intend to do the right thing, but it's natural that people are getting tired of this and they want to find normalcy. And restaurants were one of those opportunities to find normalcy. And these changes were made around where people could stand in waiting areas and that big change was made around mingling between tables but still there had been concern around spread the other big one that i found really interesting yesterday was an acknowledgement and one of the first true acknowledgements that the province really messed up the plan around indoor fitness activities yeah that they just did not understand the way that the spread of the virus worked when something like a yoga class or a dance class or a spin class or any indoor fitness class took place. And now the province is redrawing all of the plans. And so all of those uh, organizations, companies, um, you know, gyms need to refocus their plans and that's going to be tough and confusing for them that they don't have those new guidelines yet we have no idea how long it's going to take many of these facilities spent a lot of money and time building a plan based on the current rules and now we're going to have to amend those rules again and that could include uh, ventilation changes that could include spacing changes, all of those things. So it's tough for that industry. But they said all along, though, right, that these things could change as we learn more. And the thing is, I think a lot of people, it struck us as weird, for some of us anyway, that you'd want to be in an enclosed room panting heavily with other people, you know, to begin with. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, But there's, you know, dance studios, there's a petition circulating now, and you heard that in the news from Robin, that there's frustrations from that industry that they've got their dancers, kids mainly spread out. I think there's a lot of confusion around schools, right? Like, so a dance school sees a school and says, well, we're not doing anything than that school. You know, we have our kids spaced out when they're in tight areas, they wear masks. Well, 
The difference is school has been deemed one of the most essential services in the entire province, and it is done in a way where there's a consistent cohorting, whereas in a dance class, uh, in many cases, there will be a mingling of cohorts from kids' schools. And right. so that in itself adds to risk. So we, we get the frustration, uh, but the reality is the priorities are three things. People getting to their jobs, people going to kids going to school, and surgeries continue. And at this point, it seems Dr. Henry is willing to alter plans for everything else in order to protect those three things. All right, Richard, thank you very much for that. Yeah, thanks, Simi. Have a great day. You too. That's Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria.